Hey everybody, it's Jake and I am alone in the basement. For this episode, we're going to be talking to the hardcore hillbilly, known mostly for his work in IWA Deep South, as well as recently branching out to Total Psychopathic Wrestling. We're going to hear uh, what his story has been so far in wrestling. Uh, he was in this year's Carnage Cup, which I know was uh, a thing that was talked about all over some of the deathmatch circles online. And uh, as mentioned, we'll talk about his recent debut in TPW. Uh, so you know the deal by now. Just give us a couple seconds and we'll be back with the Hardcore Hillbilly. All right, everybody, we are back and we are with the Hardcore Hillbilly. Again, man, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to spend it with me and talk about wrestling. Oh, you're welcome, man. Anytime, I'm glad to come out and talk about wrestling, <laughs> you know, talk to the fans and stuff. Definitely, and it's it's always cool to be able to talk with people, you know, on the other side and, you know, hear your guys' stories because everyone's is so different and so interesting. I just, I love being able to pick your guys' brains. Oh, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, instead of just asking you, you know, because I'm sure you've been a fan for, for a while, I, I want to know, is there, do you remember if there's any, like, specific moment or match or angle that hooked you as a wrestling fan? I I can't say like anything like really specific. Um, I would say what got me into wrestling um, was going to my first live show. Um, when I was younger, me and my dad got tickets. Uh, my dad actually won it off the radio. Oh, that's awesome. He wasn't, he wasn't real big into wrestling either. But he won these tickets to TNA Bound for Glory. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like six or seven years old. And uh, we went and uh, we saw it. And uh, But then after that, though, oh, I, knew, I told everybody I was going to be a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's where the dream first started was just after that, that first live show? Oh, yeah. After that, I was hooked i mean from eight or from seven or eight on everything everything i watched eat and slept was wrestling that's awesome and i feel like especially as because you know for most people i don't think they would consider tna like the big changing moment for them <laughs> yeah it's it's really funny i actually enjoyed old school tna um yeah, like, I don't know, just sometimes you just gotta watch shit wrestling. I don't know. <laughs> there's like a, there's a beauty in the chaos, kinda. Oh, I'm, I'm with you. You know, I mean, hell, I'm in IWA Deep South, but I'm not afraid to admit, that's not the reason anybody watch Carnage Cup. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the beauty in the chaos of it all. But uh, but I remember just, you know, just being the, the spectacle of everything. This oh, yeah. was a, this was Vince Russo, period. It was an interesting time. <laughs> I'm always going to remember um, that it's now infamous, but the 16-man reverse battle royal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know anything about I didn't know what a regular battle royal was going into this. <laughs> so just the confusion. <laughs> of, of the... Who's going to get into the ring? Yeah, like, <laughs> I thought every match from that point on started that way. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, 
So, did you soon start watching WWE after that, or? Yeah, I soon uh, started watching, you know, WWE, but I was, my main, like, thing that I really grabbed a hold of uh, first was uh, was Abyss. Oh, okay. Like, my, that was my first wrestler that I was all in for that every time he was on, I'd watch. And such an underrated talent. Uh, oh, yeah. He was so good. A good guy, too. I, I've heard nothing but good things about him, actually. Oh, I, I've met him so many times. He's super cool. That's awesome. It, it kind of ruins the illusion seeing him in a fanny pack. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that just shows he's a wrestler, though. Every, yeah, every wrestler yeah, is a fanny pack. You're not a real wrestler until you get a fanny pack. <laughs> That's what they give you when you graduate wrestling school. If they don't, <laughs> they should. That should be a thing that they give. It's just uh, fanny If I open the school, that's going to be what you get. <laughs> now, uh, but besides Abyss, who were some... Do you have any like any other favorites that come to mind? Um, I, I really like John Cena uh, because I was a kid in the early 2000s. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> Everybody liked John Cena, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, it was Hogan, and I was obsessed yeah. with Hulk Hogan, so I totally get it. And uh, and Mick Foley, but it was it was early 2000s Mick Foley, so even before I knew how awesome he was, he was, it was pretty neat. Yeah, and another guy who did so much crazy shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right, let me get to the next question. Uh, what is it about wrestling that has kept you a fan for so long? I think I think just the spectacle, and I like that it's ever changing. Like every couple of years, like something new is big. Like, like that's that's interesting, you know, just keeping up. And uh, another thing that I realized, like as I got older and started going to shows, that's really neat is some of the guys on TV is people that I've seen in crowds of 20 people five years ago. That That is always a crazy thing to know. Yeah, like you'll just be hanging out with somebody at, at, a, you know, at a local show, and then the next thing you know, they're huge. Like um, locally, Bobby Fish is around, is from where I'm from, essentially. So mm-hmm. I used to see him at these indie shows, you know, uh, maybe get autographs or just talk to him. And then, you know, here he is now in AEW, but, you know, was in NXT for all those years. It was just, it's crazy. You never know who might get that call. Well, that's like, uh, like I went to wrestling school at Austin Theory, who's now in WWE. Wow, yeah. When I, when I started going there, it was right when he was starting to get the big calls and going on tours to japan and everything now i'm not saying that the name drop i'm nowhere near you know daggum austin theory but <laughs> but, it, you, but it's pretty neat though dude i used to hang out with and taught me how to work out a little bit it's now wrestling wwe that's insane but it is like but as you said it's not like a name drop it's just anybody that you maybe train with or you're side by side with it could be someone down the road who makes it to you know a bigger pasture. Exactly, you never know. 
okay, so you mentioned that you uh, you wanted to be a wrestler ever since you went to that first show. But do you remember yeah. when you decided, okay, I'm going to start looking into schools? Um, I would say probably... I would say probably when I was about about 16 is when I started looking into schools. Um, before that, when I was 14, I became friends with a local ring crew guy. And uh, and I'd help out with his crew. And I'd ride with him to shows. And I would get like a little bit of training. Like I knew I'd like run the ropes and do basic bumps. Um, but when I was 16, I started looking for wrestling schools, and uh, that's when I found WWA4 um, in Atlanta, Georgia. That's where I live. Um, and uh, the trainer's AR Fox, and I knew when I was 16, I wanted to do death matches. Oh, already? AR, <laughs> yeah, already. Oh, I knew right away. A.R. Fox, he uh, he used to wrestle in Combat Zone Wrestling. He did. And uh, before I joined the school, uh, I saw him on Lucha Underground. And uh, he did that death match with Killshot. So I was like, oh, yeah, this is perfect. This is spelling <laughs> my lap right here. <laughs> uh, do you remember the first death match you ever saw? Uh, yeah, the first ever death match I ever saw. Um, we were at my friend's house. And his dad was like a real big, like old school collector, and uh, and he was Mormon. Now I'll get to this point in the story because it, it gets funny. Okay. But we found we found King to Death match. I think it was the infamous Terry Funk and Mick Foley one. Oh, okay. And we found it like in a box, like buried, like <laughs> under some stuff, and we're watching it, and we've never seen nothing like this. And uh, her mo- his mom walks in. We might as well have been watching some Dagma adult films or something. <laughs> we got in trouble, but we were hooked, man. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, after I saw, you know, that bloodbath and madness. Uh, I just started. Uh, I got real big into ECW. Uh, me and my dad, we'd go around. Uh, I would collect steel chairs. And so a big thing for a couple of years was uh, seeing every ECW wrestler I could, uh, and I'd get them to sign chairs. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. One time I stalked Stevie Richards outside of DDP <laughs> Yoga to get a signature. Hey, man, you do whatever you got to. Yeah, you got to do you got to do. Wasn't uh, that Mark life? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually lucky enough, uh, I got to go to a, a original ECW house show. Uh, I think it was a couple years before they closed and I'll never forget. My parents took me and we're getting out of the car and my dad goes, Hey, is that Sandman? And I turn and I yell, Sandman. And he yells, Hey kid. And then walks right into a bar. This is before the show even started. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's old ECW. It's like the wild west. (laughs) Yeah. Really was. No, it was insane. There's no deathmatch locker room that could be as crazy as ECW. Like I hear the, I hear the um, like everybody talking about like Mid South and like all the shady stuff that went on there. Man, that ain't half as bad as the ECW stories that we know about. 
Imagine the ones that they don't want out there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't even imagine with, with all the people that were in that locker room. That's insane. That's nuts. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I started watching a lot of ECW. Um, met every single wrestler that I could. Uh, I accidentally stole a Sharpie from Sabu when I was 13. Oh, no. <laughs> I still have it. I plan on getting it to him one day, no joke. The gray Sharpie. <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's still crazy to me how he just decided to, to retire when he was active for, for so long, but he's got to be hurting at this point with uh, all the shit he did. You know, he's got a lot going on, I'm sure. You know, I mean, it's just one of them things. And it's hard, too, I feel like, for guys like Sabu and Terry Funk because all they know is wrestling. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean... Like, you gotta be... Like, I mean, I can't... Like, being new, like, I go... I I get a, a booking once every two weeks if I'm lucky. And even, I, you know, during those stretches, I'm like, oh, God, I want to go out and wrestle. So I can't imagine, you know, just hanging it up. I think that's why Terry Funk just for so long didn't. Yeah, and... I think that's why. And I think I think with this dementia stuff, I think he's known for, he's, he's known for a long time there's been stuff up with him. I'm sure. But you just got to keep on keeping on. And they keep on going until they can't no more. Yeah, there's a lot of people that do. I mean, look at Onita now, you know, in his mid-60s, enjoying an, a, a pretty big comeback. Oh, yeah. And it's, well, that it's match crazy. with Tremont was nuts. I still haven't had a chance to, to watch it yet. It's it's on my watch list on IWTV. I'm definitely going to catch it as soon as I get a spare moment. I haven't seen the whole thing. I've just seen the clips. Oh, I've seen some of the clips, yeah. And I know Tremont's, like, shoot in the hospital. Yeah, from the burns. Yeah, yeah for the same, like, a week or so. Which is which insane. Is and, that, you know, that's the one of those moments when, you know, when people are always like, oh, wrestling's fake. I love to show death matches, because you can't fake death matches. Yeah, yeah, the, the, them light tubes are all real. <laughs> <laughs> we, we really get cut. I like showing people, um, like, gusset plate matches. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's never seen a death match before. Because with a gusset plate, you see it go in, and then you don't see nothing at first, and then you just see it trickle. And just right in the, in the perfect grid. Yeah. There ain't no faking that. There ain't no camera trick. Like, with barbed wire, people could be like, oh, they cut the edges or whatever. Uh, we don't because that would take forever. <laughs> you're right, you're really I think that's the only reason is because it, it's time consuming. <laughs> uh, you mentioned that you trained uh, with AR Fox, uh, a great talent, another one of those guys who should have been making millions years ago for how incredibly talented he is. Uh, how would you describe your training? Um, I would say it was very rough. Um, he was very strict with us. Uh, but he, he taught us a lot about how to condone ourselves, um, like in a business manner. Um, taught us a lot, you know, about the basics. 
Um, you know, it, it was a really, it was a good first wrestling school for me. Um, after joining there, he's more of like a specific type wrestling teacher in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But for basic, super good. If you live in at, if you live in Georgia, I recommend you go to AR Fox's wrestling school. But yeah, it was you know super brutal. Uh, he was trained by Mister Hughes, and it definitely showed. <laughs> I can uh, imagine. Super old school. Super super old school. Uh, but it was it was a good time though. Um, it made me. You know, uh, it, it it put me in really good shape for a big guy. <laughs> it made me a good person at the end of it. Definitely made me tough because here I am today. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong, man. And uh, it's so funny. Uh, the first, my first day there, I told Ar Fox I wanted to do death matches, and uh, he pulled out of his office a pack of thumbtacks, like the ones with the butts. Oh man, yeah. And he's like, "All right, take a bump on this." Never, I've never like bumped on. I've never done backyard wrestling or bumped on thumbtacks or anything before. So I do it, and it sucked. It was god awful. <laughs> I get up with all of these looking like a rainbow porcupine got me. <laughs> and uh, he asked me, he goes, "You still want to do death matches?" And I go, "Yeah." He's like, "All right." <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I'm sure he was trying to prove the point, but if anything, yeah, I, I just think a... I think just for a year and a half he just tried getting rid of me, and I just kept like going back, like I'm the kid that don't get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> now here I am, a wrestler. But I mean, there's also a respect in that of of coming and back and back every time, you know, showing that you're dedicated to doing this. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And they really like, and I was doing this in high school. I was still doing this in high school. So I was literally going from class, going to wrestling school, doing that till about midnight. And in days I didn't have wrestling school, I'd work at Little Caesars. <laughs> oh, man, the hot and ready. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so it was a lot. It was, it was a lot. Yeah, man, that there, sounds like a... There's definitely a young, beat-up, exhausted, hardcore hillbilly making some half-ass pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you, man? I'm 20 years old. Wow. Just turned 20. Yeah, it's wild. I look like I'm 35. <laughs> look like I'm going through a damn midlife crisis, but it's okay. <laughs> hey, man. It's just... If anything, I think that makes me even more impressed with what I've seen for you because you already have solid foundation, but it's just there's so much more room to to grow and mature. That's awesome. I had no idea you were this young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it takes a lot of people off guard. Like I said, with the with the beard and the receding hairline, it confuses people. <laughs> hey man. But I, hey, I'm, Hey, but, you know, I like it, though. I, I, I like looking older. It definitely, it helps me a lot, especially because a lot of deathmatch shows are in bars. Yes. And I'm not even old enough to get into a bar. <laughs> but but they, that's my way in. <laughs> and nobody questions me at all. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. 
So that's a perk. So the beard is the greatest fake ID ever. Um, how would you describe this the past year and a half that you've spent on the Indies? I would say it's been a hell of a ride. <laughs> that that's the way I would describe it. Um, a lot of ups and downs. Uh, I I first when I first started, I started during the pandemic, which had to be and, really uh, hard. Yeah, my first ever death match was three minutes long against Jerry Nelms at IWA. And what happened was I uh, gigged myself in the forehead too deep right away. As soon as the map started, the bell rang, and he cracked me in the head with a barbed wire bat. And um, so I make the gig too big, and I cut myself two inches deep, and we have to throw up the X right there and end it. And I was like, oh, dang, there goes my bookings. I guess I ain't working anywhere again. But then the video went viral of them stapling my forehead shut. And um, so I was riding momentum with that a little bit, just working deep south for about six months. And um, then about, or for about a year. But then wrestling has really picked up for me the past three months. Uh, One day I got uh, hit up from uh, Aiden Blackheart. Uh, he texts me, is like, hey, man, would you like to go with me uh, and Chet Ripley and Remington Roar to Denver, Colorado? And uh, I went with them to Denver, Colorado, and it is uh, daggum Aiden Clockwork Orange me, full of daggum drugs and alcohol. Oh, <laughs> and uh, But it's like just spending the time those vets opened my eye. You know, it's like what wrestling really is. Like, it's weird. It's weird, like, doing it. Only people that are, like, in the business, I think, like, really get what I'm saying. But it's like... No, I get you what you're saying. Yeah, you go to wrestling school, and then they tell you, like, you know, what it is. But it's like the way regular school tells you about life. So, I went into wrestling thinking I knew what it was. And then Aiden and them showed me what it's really like. So now I've just taken off uh, drastically. Um, I know we're going to hit up on this, you know, later on, but I just had two awesome matches at Carnage Cup 12 against Aiden Blackheart and Chewie Martinez. And um, I just had a a killer match with Raven Havoc at TPW. Uh, That one's probably my uh, favorite match yet. Yeah, man, I can't wait to... To get into those into more detail, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in a few minutes. Uh, so actually, we'll just kind of trying to get there now. Um, I'd be a deep south definitely has uh, a bit of a reputation, <laughs> as you kind of alluded to earlier. <laughs> For sure. Uh, Kevin has has said and done some things that that I don't personally agree with, but at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, as Tyler King, uh, a local referee and a, a guy who's pretty uh, active on some of these deathmatch uh, groups on Facebook. It's good to see, you know, different places where different people can work. And the South is, for you know, one reason or another, uh, a place that doesn't have a lot of deathmatch promotions. So Deep South is one of the few. 
that is relatively known. So I, I can't say I blame you for, for working there. But how did you get involved, or how did how did you manage to get to IWA Deep South? Yeah, so uh, um, when I before I uh, it was right after I started wrestling school, I uh, saw a flyer up around my hometown of Paulding County of a uh, Angel of Death tournament. And this is the first time I've ever seen a death match, you know, close by, like where I live, where I could go to. And uh, so me and my friends went, and I uh, talked to the promoter, and I asked him if I could help set up and build weapons and stuff. And so Kevin was like, yeah, man, you can come help. And uh, so I started helping build weapons, doing security. I did that for the Angel of Death. Then they had a show called Lethal Leaf Year. Yep. And then the next show, he wanted to do this, like, slap fighting thing. So I wasn't even going to wrestle. I was just going to compete on uh, Slap Mountain, which is, uh, like, this new YouTube thing. It's been really big that the Slap Fight League, the big pro leagues, took it over. But um, I was just going out there to do that. And uh, he ends up talking to me into wrestling. <laughs> Also, so I just been doing that for him. But uh, yeah, the thing the thing with Deep South, you know, love it or hate it, uh, if you can separate, you know, the man and the views from the product, uh, I think it's the product itself is going in the right direction. Um, like yeah, there was, you know, some. Some moments that might have happened at, at a Carnage Cup for the good or better. But I think the the product's going in the right direction. Um, you know, and uh, and don't you know don't don't hate on the guys that work for uh, Deep South if you you know don't like the promoter or whatever. Uh, at the end of the day, it's a paycheck. You know. <laughs> All right, my bad. That's my little rant. <laughs> no, it's it's okay. I, I get it, man. Um, but as you mentioned, Carnage Cup, uh, how did it feel to be included this year in the the twelfth annual or well the twelfth Carnage Cup that has happened? It was uh, it was a huge huge honor. Um, originally, I was just going to be in the gauntlet. But uh, we ended up having some guys pull out, so I ended up being able to be in the uh, like in, in an actual first round match against Aiden, uh, which, like I said, is you know one of my best friends in the, in the business. Which I mean had to be awesome, uh, and uh, that was actually an incredible match that you guys had, uh, and I feel like. It was one of those matches where on paper, you know, you read it, and as you said, you've only been been on this deathmatch circuit for about a year, and then, so you see Hardcore Hillbilly and then Aiden Blackheart, and you immediately assume, oh, well, Aiden's going to move on to the next round, and you pull off the upset. Uh, how did you feel after the bell rang and, and you were declared the winner? Oh, it, it was it was a flood of emotions, um, and uh, and what's crazy too, a lot of people don't know this. That was actually my first ever singles deathmatch victory. 
And uh, so it was a lot of emotions having my first uh, victory against, uh, you know, one of my best friends at my biggest show uh, that I've had so far. Uh, so, it, I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, the whole whole experience was just amazing. The The crowd that we did have that came out, they were really cool. They really digged it. So, so it was a good time. Yeah, man, and I, I definitely recommend that, you know, people go and, you know, check out Title Match and go watch Carnage Cup. It's it's definitely an insane show with with a lot of <laughs> crazy moments, both good and bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, for better or worse. It's just, it's a ride. Just sit back and it's enjoy it. Smoke um, some blunts, take some tabs, <laughs> have yourself a good time. And then on the second day, you would end up facing Chewy Martinez in a fans bring the fans bring the weapons match. Uh, ultimately, you you would not come out the victor in that. But you would. And did it make you feel any better that you lost to the guy who would actually win the tournament? <laughs> oh yeah, it made me feel a lot better. <laughs> okay. Um, all of the guys in the tournament were great, but they're. It was the cool thing about Carnage Cup is it's it's pretty mixed every year with like phenomenal guys and then like guys that are lesser known, you know, or whatever. Yeah, or they have you know lower name value. It's it's a good mix, and um, so like looking at like if you were to have everything on paper that I did at Carnage Cup, it. I, I went against all of these top names while I was still, you know, on that lower tier. <laughs> so it, it feels, you know, it, it, it didn't, I, I'm i not ashamed at all that I lost to Chewy Martinez. Uh, he beat the dog shit out of me, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was uh, picking pieces of skewer out of my forehead for about a week afterwards. Oh, man. Uh, uh, skewers, the, it's it's so bad, especially the way we had it uh, in the match. Instead of like how Masada or Atticus <laughs> does the bundle, no, nope. these just on like a styrofoam. Strip of styrofoam, <laughs> yeah. And so there was all this space in between the spikes, so it's like having individual skewers just beating into me, and they're all breaking and shit. Oh. Actually, you, but, know, you know what spot got me for some reason, and I, and I don't know why it made me cringe or it, it stuck in my mind the way it has. But uh, when you took the pumpkin to the dick, that one, oh, that one really made me go, oh god. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it was not fun. No, because you could tell like that thing wasn't even carved. That was just a whole pumpkin. <laughs> Well, my game plan going in was all right. When the bell's gonna ring, I'm I'm just gonna punch him and then hit him with everything I don't want to be hit with. <laughs> Cause that's the logic in deathmatch. You get hit with once something's hit once, it can't be used again. It's like WWE; it disappears. <laughs> and uh, so I, my game plan was as soon as the bell's gonna ring, I'm gonna punch him. And then I'm going to hit them with this bat with them damn thumbtacks with the butts on them that I hate. Yep. 
And so as soon as the bell ring, I punch him. I mean, I punch him, punch him. Because Aiden told me with Chewie, you actually have to go in there like you're fighting for your life, or you very well might end up being that way. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so I go in there, and I punch Chewie. No cell, no reaction whatsoever. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So he just starts beating me. After I get hit in the dick, my game plan just went right out the window. <laughs> I feel like that happens in a lot of situations with a lot of yeah. people. <laughs> Everybody has a plan they get hit in the dick. That that should be the quote. <laughs> <laughs> but I I feel like it must have been you know a, just a, a a crazy experience to to be involved with it and just all the different people that were there. It was. I'm sure you learned a lot. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I'm I'm continuously learning. Every show I do, every time I'm with, you know, vets or people with more experience, constantly learning. That's the thing that I like about, like the especially the death mat scene, is all of the guys are super like cool to where they see me and they see that I'm a younger guy and I'm newer to it. And still figuring everything out. So, you know, everybody's just been willing to take their time with me, show me the ropes. Um, so, I mean, it's just really neat. Yeah, I mean, for this crazy, you know, subgenre of wrestling that we're in, or that you guys are in, where you're just, you know, killing each other out there, it couldn't be a nicer group of guys. <laughs> And yeah, I think, I think it's the trust. I think I think we we have the. I think it's too part of that like the, like the misfit toys like little uh like little thing like everybody that's not deathmatch people hates us. So I think we kind of bond with that. It's like oh you can't get on regular shows. Me neither. <laughs> I'm gonna, let, let, let's just travel eight hours for 40 bucks and beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong in a lot of cases. You're not. <laughs> uh, and then recently, uh, you just debuted, uh, debuted in Total Psychopathic Wrestling in Knoxville. Uh, shout out to my, my close friends from TPW, Steven, Matt, and Hack. Uh, and you yeah. win against Raven Havoc in a just absolutely nuts match with so many glass planes and gussets and just everything was was going on in that. Uh, What was it like working Raven Havoc? Oh, it was awesome. Um, I really like working smaller guys uh, because they just kind of... It's just there's so much you can do with guys like Raven. Um, like move wise and cool spots and and I've never taken panes of glass before. Oh, that was your first one? Uh, uh well technically that's my first one taken like that. I took one at Carnage Cup a couple weeks prior. Oh, that's right, because it didn't break initially. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, and Aiden threw it. But that was gonna be my first time actually going through. And um, we ended up getting like seven daggum panes of glass we had to go through. But it was nuts, though. Um, it was a different style. Um, it was really good working somebody that, 
you know, has a lot more experience than me in the ring. Um, and the crowd, oh my God, I love the crowd. The crowd reminds me of like the Southern version of the old ECW crowd. I can get that. Like I, I love, I especially love the outside venue because there's no like security guards or anything really. No. And if you're a security guard and you're listening to this, I'm sorry if that offended you. <laughs> but, but the fans just like follow you like around while, while you're wrestling. Yes. <laughs> like I'm up here, like I'm laying on the outside covered in glass. I got daggum, I got like a dinner plate sized piece of glass in my daggum ass. And, uh, people are like putting their phone in my face and shit. <laughs> One dude kept screaming, that's a badass motherfucker. Yes. He's at every show. He's my favorite. I love him. Oh, I, I, his name is, is escaping me now. Oh, I, I know it, but I, I can't like think Ricky of it. Ricky or something? It is Ricky. <laughs> yes. God. Somebody get a hold of Ricky and tell him he'll really need the manager. <laughs> Steven <laughs> listens to every episode, so I'm sure he can relay the message for He you. reminds me of uh, of Ralphus. Like, I'm not meaning this in any offense any way possible, but you remember Ralphus from WCW? Yes. He used to come out with Christian. Oh, Jericho. Yeah, I mean, yeah Jericho, I meant. Yeah, and he was like the bodyguard. It's <laughs> even... That's what I want to do with you, Ricky. I need a bodyguard. <laughs> Danger shrieks out there for a hillbilly. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, Raven is another one of those guys uh, criminally underrated in the deathmatch scene. He's one of those guys who I'd love to see on, on a bigger stage like ICW, NHB, or GCW. Just somewhere where he could be given a huge opportunity because he delivers every fucking time just overall great dude and the the TB, tbw as a whole is just run by solid sweet men who are, are are really just overall kind have nothing been nothing but great to me and that's such a fun locker room uh you probably had had a really good time afterwards at the chatterbox I know they stick around. Oh, yeah, had a good time. And they close the they keep the bar open until they decide to close it down. Yeah. I had to, it's funny because my my brother is 16. I had to keep sending him in to get me drinks after my match <laughs> cuz I was all covered in blood. Oh yeah. Oh, you were bleeding heavy in that one. Uh, uh, I was bleeding bad and it, I it wouldn't stop bleeding. But um but my thing is, is like in deathmatch wrestling, we have the fingertip rule, and like if you can't reach it, like if the cut don't go past the fingernail, you can just super glue it. So I wasn't stressing about the bleeding or anything. <laughs> but it's so funny because I didn't care about my sixteen-year-old brother grabbing beers for me, but I did care about if I got blood in the bar. <laughs> I'm a civilized hillbilly. That's right. <laughs> you knew that would have been hard for them to clean up. That's caring. I wouldn't want to clean it up. Like, I just look at it like, man, they don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> Again, fantastic point. The only person that daggum cleans up my blood I feel sorry for is uh, the poor maid that has to clean up the shower. 
<laughs> oh man! After the after these daggum shows, oh. blood it don't come out of shower curtains. No, it doesn't. No, oh god! <laughs> <laughs> and with you picking up this much steam now within the last few months, what would you say are some of your goals for the future? Um, I would say one of my um like goals for like right now or like within the next year. Um, is to, uh, work a show during Mania Week. Okay. Um, either it be Deathmatch or, or, uh, regular. Um, I would like to work a Deathmatch guy in a regular match somewhere. I think that'd be really fun. Um, but, like, overall, uh, within, like, five years, I'd like to work in Mexico. And then my big goal is uh, to eventually do a tour in Japan. Oh, that'd be awesome! Yeah, I yeah. I don't care about wrestling on TV. They they won't let me do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. That was pretty cool to see Nick Gage on AEW. That was uh, probably the 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 biggest moment Deathmatch Wrestling got to be that much in the mainstream and I I'm imagine how many fans were exposed to it and then hit the internet and discovered this crazy world of ours. What I wish they did is I just I don't see why they didn't just keep them right away. You know what I'm saying? Like just go ahead and make them on the roster. Yeah, who but, but maybe there's more to it that we don't know. I did Yeah, I think I think eventually maybe there's going to be, you know, some blow-off stuff. I think they're wanting Mox and uh, and Gage, and uh, I think they're wanting them in AEW probably. So they might have known for a couple of weeks that Mox was going to go into this rehab or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's a possibility. There are no, there are no wrestling. It's constantly... That rider room's constantly going, so... Yeah, there's always a thought. Someone's always writing something down. Yeah, and nothing's original. <laughs> Unless you're Vince Russo. <laughs> <laughs> then it's just so stupid, nobody wants to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unless you have no choice. <laughs> Alright, man, that was all I had. For the wrestling-related questions, I don't know if you've ever checked out my show or not, but now is the time where we ask these ridiculous questions that have nothing right. to do with wrestling. All right. Uh, the first one, everyone has asked this. Grape or strawberry jelly? Definitely grape je- uh, jelly. Thank you. I'm grape jelly gang for I life. eat grape jelly out of the jar with a daggum spoon. Yeah. Stra- love it. Fuck strawberry jelly. It's terrible. <laughs> Everybody knows my feelings on that. Uh, would you rather be stuck in open water in the middle of the ocean or be stuck in the middle of the desert? I'd rather be stuck in open water. Um, because in open water, like at least you got you got food. I mean, that's the only thing that you have that you don't have in the desert. Um what was I going to say? But yeah, I mean, just the desert, I just feel like, number one, you die quicker. And I know how to swim pretty good. And I'm and I'm a big boy. So what I'd do if I was in open waters, I'd just lay on my back. 
<laughs> just just float around for a while. Yeah, hope. I just lay on my back and float, pray for the best. <laughs> you hope somebody shows up. I hope a shark don't think I'm a seal or something. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <sighs> what animal are you most afraid of? Most afraid of? I would say... I would say dogs. Really? Dogs are scary because that's a, it's a, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate on this. I've never been bitten by a dog, so I don't know why they freak me out so much. But it's just one of them things like, it's just like a constant, you always got to be watching out for a dog. <laughs> you never know if a big dog's going to have a bad day or if you're going to be walking and set, set them off or whatever. Or if they hop a fence. There's always dogs around. Okay, I can I can kind of get that, actually. Yeah. I'm not scared. I've always been, like, an outdoorsy person. So, like, I mean, I, I know it'd be, it, it's, it sounds like me just being a badass. But I'm not going to be like, oh, bears. Oh, I ain't scared of bears. You know, I mean, I'm not scared of, like, bears and stuff because I... I'm, you know, just, I'm, I'm, I'm never worried about running into a bear. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like a I'm, daily thing. I'm not thing. worried old Smokey's going to run up on me now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I just thought of Smokey showing up with the jeans and shit. My bad, the edible has kicked in since this uh, <laughs> interview has gone on. Uh, oh man, it made me forget my question. Oh no. Uh, I'm sorry. If wrestling don't work out, I'm try to be a comedian. There you go. <laughs> sometimes you can do both. Yeah. Uh, Alright, then we'll just go to the, uh, the tried and true. The <laughs> standard bearer of this show. What's the creepiest basement you've ever been in and why? Um... I'd probably say my granddad's basement. Not that there's, like, anything weird about it. It's just old. Like, it's like, you know, like, there's nothing you can do to make it not leak. Oh. So it's just, like, real damp. There's, like, mason jars, stuff down there for no reason <laughs> at all. Heck, I could probably have a whole fans bring the weapons match just from stuff I find in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just one of those that gives off this vibe. Yeah, of just, it just gives just... off some weird vibe. Like, I don't want to search into it too much. Like, there's a crawl space. <laughs> and within, like, 20 years from live, of living, I've always wanted to, like, go in there. But I've been like, nah, better not. <laughs> You're better off just not knowing what's down yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Sometimes you don't want to know. <laughs> I take that to heart. You hear that said in movies, and people are like, whatever, but sometimes I, I fully believe it. You don't want to know. <laughs> I mean, again, I appreciate you taking the time uh, that you spent with us today. Uh, now is uh, it's time if you want to mention like where anybody can follow you on social medias, or if you got any merch or anything, just just plug away. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, follow me on Instagram uh, at the real hardcore hillbilly. Um, my Facebook page is Hardcore Hillbilly. Um, right now I'm waiting on some new, uh, shirts to come in. I'm currently sold out, but I have some Sayazawa Hardcore Hillbilly, uh, the, uh, Staple Gun Incident t-shirts. 
And I'm also getting some made uh, with hardcore hillbilly in Japanese. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Insane, so. It's awesome yeah. that you had a Seozawa shirt so early into your career. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's so funny how it happened, too. So he has, like, a little shop. And uh, he sells, like, the merch that he makes for, like, wrestlers in America. He sells in his little shop. And uh, so apparently the video got really big of me getting my forehead stapled shut. Because in Japan, they love their redneck American deathmatch wrestlers. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so he told me, he was like, I'll make this design for you for free if you let me uh, put some in my uh, shop. Oh, and that's like, awesome. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah. So that that's how I got that. So, well, like I said, th- th- this whole ride of, of wrestling so far just kind of been like, like, everything's just kind of falling, like, in the place. Like, Aiden Blackheart calls me the uh, deathmatch Forrest Gump. <laughs> or like, uh, or like, uh, that gum, uh, Joe Dirt. <laughs> like, I'm just rubbing elbows with all these, like, crazy people. Getting all of these, like, bookings just by mere coincidence. Man, if you get a Joe Dirt of Deathmatches shirt, I will buy that instantly. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, man. <laughs> all, right. all right, man. Again, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I'll, I'd love to have you on again you know, in the future once you've done some more stuff, some more crazy shit. <laughs> yes, sir. Just let me know. I'd love to come home. All right, man. You take easy. Take care. Stay safe. And uh, we'll hear from you soon. All right. Have a good one. Bye. All right, everybody, that was the Hardcore Hillbilly. Uh, what a story, man. And I had no idea that he was so young. So this is definitely a dude to keep your eye on. A lot of growth over the next few years, I'm sure. And uh, a lot more branching out and doing some more stuff. Uh, again, you know where to find me on social medias. Alone in the Basement on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, AITV Podcast. Uh, try to think anything else that I have to to hype up. Um, no, not really. Kind of a kind of a dead ending now, huh? Yeah, it's just just rambling at this point. Okay, so uh, love you guys. Uh, I have some more episodes lined up for the next few weeks. Some of our first international people to be interviewed which I'm, I'm really hyped about finally being able to talk to some some people from different countries should be should be an awesome thing actually so thank you to everyone overseas listening thank you to everyone here in the states listening and uh i will see you guys next week love you guys take it easy